Um, one final thing. Bridget, come and join me. Everybody give Bridget a round of applause. So, hello Bridget. Hi. This is Bridget. Um, we're going to ask Bridget some questions about something called Grow Baby. Now, some of you might remember a few weeks ago, we did a Vision Sunday, and we shared that um, one of the things that we feel like God is calling us to do is to open a baby bank called Grow Baby. And when we said that, Bridget came running up to me afterwards and said, me, yes, I'm in. So, Bridget, what's Grow Baby? So, <clears throat> sorry, Grow Baby is... Um some people will call it a baby bank but I think it's a lot more than a baby bank so it's where we will be providing clothes and equipment to people in our community regardless of their income or their faith or their background um, and just spreading a bit of our joy and love on them while they are with us. Fantastic so why you? Why are you interested in running Grow Baby? Um, I always thought since I was very young, that my life would end up serving others. Um, and I've been in a situation where I've needed that help, and I had wonderful family and friends who supported me, and um, I couldn't imagine not having that. So I'd like to give that back to other people. Fantastic. Sounds good, doesn't it? So when is this going to be happening? When is it opening? So we're looking, uh, I think it's March, maybe fe March. Like Feb Feb-ish March? I don't say February, but no, it's probably going to be March. Um, so yeah, we're looking, now we're looking for people to help. So if anyone wants to do a little bit or do a lot, um, actors, um, like a collection point in their neighbourhood or um, just spreading the word. I think, um, you know, now's, we'd like, we'd like help, please. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, should we give Bridget a round of applause? Isn't that wonderful? So that is a really, really practical way that we can be loving reaching out to people who are in a really vulnerable moment. So um, if you have any questions, go and talk to Bridget. But isn't that wonderful? Uh, and if you guys are like, I want to do a thing, then come and speak to us because like, we're back in Bridget to the hilt and I know you guys will too. Brilliant. Shall we welcome Diane to come and speak to us? Come and speak. Come on, Diane. I'm just going to let you get on with it. All right. Um, well... Marvelous, marvelous to see you. Uh, we're doing our second Sunday in a series, a short series, uh, Living As If. And we're really carrying on the theme that Daniel started, but coming at it from a different angle. Same theme. So today we're going to talk about this very strange Bible idea, Sabbath. Very strange. What does living in light of God's kingdom have to do with Sabbath? And it might surprise you that I'm going to say a lot, a lot. So Daniel started us last week thinking about living as if Jesus was coming soon. Um, and today we're going to look at not if time was limited, but how do we live as if God's kingdom way of life is here and now and we live, live sustainably week on week, year on year, decade on decade, okay? And so how do we live as if um, the kingdom is real and here and now? 
you might be surprised to find that Sabbath is a really, really big topic. And we're going to do, again, that kind of high flyover view. And then I'm going to point you to some resources that you have on your paper, okay? And on that note, I just want to say briefly, um, we, I've had some fantastic resources, some of which we're going to give away at the end of the service. So, hey, hey. Um, so I've drawn really heavily from Tim Mackey of the Bible Project, John Mark Comer, Walter Brueggemann, amazing thinkers whose ideas and phrases I've woven together and used absolutely shamelessly. Okay, so you need to know that if it were a research paper, there'd be many references and quotation marks, okay? Credit where credit's due. So before we consider more about what Sabbath is, I want you, so I want you to get in some small groups and at the end of some rows and just use, find one and use it because I want you to get a paper and a pen, small group, and I want you to make a list, okay? I'm going to give you two minutes to write down as many things as you think are symptoms of overwork and stress in society today. What do you see that could be connected or come from our fast pace of life, relentless activity? Okay, it's just going to be a quick brainstorm, make a list. All right, so everybody, paper, pen, and go. Okay, so let's shout out just. Just roll with some things that you have, you have heard, and I will repeat them back to you. Things, okay, yep, go. Huh? Insomnia. Burnout. Anxiety. Sorry? Addiction. Irritable. Apathy. Family breakdown. So, what, catastrophizing, yeah, so, bad things happening, yep, sorry, depression, violence, yes, okay, so cheery list, hey, and I'm sure we have more, right, um, all right, so, I think every culture and every time has a a propensity to want more. This human quality of restlessness, of desires, get combined with our culture today to lead us to a society and, and perhaps a personal life that is overloaded and stressful and busy and all of the potential consequences that we just discussed. And when you add in our cultural gods of accumulation and accomplishment, we have some really strong influences, right? Social media then magnifies this, and marketing makes money out of it. Out of it. And all this can either make us slightly or significantly dissatisfied. And it isn't what we're made for. It's not the life that God wants us to have. Um, so what do we do with this restlessness, this discontent, and how do we deal with the pressures of our culture as we follow Jesus? When we live as if we are in this alternative kingdom 
where God is king, that kind of life is putting ourselves and our desires back in the right relationship to God. When we look to God for all of our ultimate satisfactions, um, we experience a way of life that recalls regularly God's goodness and provision, and it lives into God's rest. So, what practice might God have given us? What gift has God built into creation that helps us address this? Sabbath, yes, one practice is Sabbath. Okay, so we're gonna test, um, touch briefly on Sabbath as rest and delight and resistance, okay? Now, I wanna start a little bit with what we might know about Sabbath, really for the purpose of kind of blowing out um, those ideas and exploding our understandings into a much bigger thing than I knew about when I grew up and maybe um, you as well. You might have heard that term Sabbath, funny old word maybe used in relation to Sunday, or if you grew up like we did maybe in a conservative Christian setting, the things you could and could not do because it was Sabbath. So the Sabbath is the fourth of the Ten Commandments, and we're going to look at that in a, in a minute. And the Hebrew word Sabbath or Shabbat means to cease or to stop, but it also has the idea of to delight and to rest. Now we might be tempted to think that um, the Sabbath on a, you know, a seventh day is just a day off work, but in the Bible, it is so, so much more. And here's where we need to get just a little um, deeper in understanding the Sabbath to inspire us, because a true vision of Sabbath is not just having a day off. It's that we're invited to experience in Sabbath a small glimpse, a real, if limited, experience of the fullness of God's kingdom for us here and now. Sabbath is an anticipation or a foretaste, a real but small but real appetizer of nothing less than the culmination of history when draw, um, God draws all things to a close and we enter into the completeness and rest of God. Because God is moving history forward when a time that all things will be complete as God finished in creation. And that creation story is just the first of a larger story that repeats throughout scripture. There is this completion and rest, stopping delight and satisfaction in the presence of God. We don't have time. In fact, I probably should skip this uh, paragraph. But the whole thing of seventh day, oh my goodness, it's incredible. It's throughout scripture. It's amazing. You'll have to look it up. Um, so it sounds good, doesn't it? Um, it, it, sounds, it sounds amazing. When we think about coming into um, abundance and rest and entering into God's presence with God's people, delighting and being restored, it sounds good, and it's more than a day off. 
So we're going to look um, at where Sabbath first appears in the Bible. Any, any takers on that? Might be up already. Genesis. Yes, Genesis, in fact, chapter 2. All right. So we've got a reader. Go. Hello there, Daniel here. Just a quick note, uh, when we recorded the podcast yesterday, um, these Bible verses didn't get read into the mic, so I'm just going to read them over now so you can get the benefit of it. You're very welcome. Uh, It's Genesis 2, it says this, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all of his work in creation. Brilliant. Thank you so much. A couple of things to notice here. God rested. God finished the work of uh, creation. He looked around and he said, it's very good. And then he stopped. The word is God Sabbathed. He stopped and took a day and delighted in his world. Now, God, all-powerful, breathes out stars, made a human from scratch, right? made all of creation, he stopped and he rested. I don't think it was because he was out of juice and needed a nap. I don't think it was because he was burned out. God purposely sets into creation a rhythm of good work and rest, completion, delight. And Sabbath is a part of that rhythm in the world from the start of creation. Um, When we fight this rhythm, we, one author said, we go against the grain of the universe, and when you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. It's interesting to note that God blessed three things in creation. Maybe you can name them with me. He blessed people, he blessed animals, and he blessed a day. He blessed three things in creation. So Sabbath, it says, is holy. It's blessed and marked out by God. Into this very fabric of creation, God gives us an example. And ultimately, then, he gives us an invitation and even a command to rest and be with him. To rest regularly in a life-giving rhythm. So we can see most clearly this idea of rest and to light. It's not just stopping working but it's joy and enjoyment, contentment and filling, ceasing and resting, delighting all in the presence and thoughtfulness of being with God. So God looked out on creation and he said, it's good. And Sabbath is our following God's example and purposefully coming before God in rest. So we're going to look at um, the scriptures where Sabbath is commanded to help us finish our thinking about Sabbath as rest and delight. And then we're going to have a look at Sabbath as resistance. God gives the Ten Commandments or instructions for a way of life the first time when God's people have just been released from slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh. And we have Exodus 20 that Darren's going to read again. Thank you. 
Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigner living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Perfect. So in terms of the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath command, it's really long. Like, it takes up a lot of real estate in the Ten Commandments. Um, And it's an instruction that has a why. It's one of the commandments that has a why. Why do we do this? And he set right there in Exodus 20, the why is that God rested in creation. He made Sabbath a special day set apart, and that rhythm of rest which God himself did and which he gave for us an example, um, he commands to his people. So we're to remember the Sabbath. Sabbath helps us remember that we are created and not creator. Life is a gift from our maker, and everything is to be present and everyone is to be present in that stopping and dedicating a day before the Lord. Sabbath is another way to worship. So Sabbath is not a day off where you don't work for your employer, but you do other work, like run errands, do housework, pay bills, hit Ikea, do the shopping. It's not the same as Sabbath. All we do on Sabbath is stop, rest, delight in the presence of God and perhaps with others and in that we worship. But you've got to think broadly because if you think it's going to be singing and meditating for however long your Sabbath is, we need to expand our categories on what worship is. Okay, This will look very different for different people. It will look quite different. It might include eating with gratitude being with friends, being in nature. It can be anything that turns our heart to grateful recognition of God's world, his reality, his presence, his goodness, all done intentionally before God. So John Mark Comer has a question which I love to shape Sabbath practice. He says, what could I do for 24 hours, or however long you pick, that would fill my soul with deep joy, make me overflow with wonder, awe, gratitude, and praise, and this in relationship with God and others in my ordinary life. Not 24 hours on a beach in Fiji, which if you can swing it, great, but we're talking normal life here. And so that's an exciting thought. It's not just stopping and staring at the walls. Sabbath is intended to be the best day of our week, a day that we look forward to, a day that we feast and play. We might enjoy music, dance, make love with your spouse, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, 
paint, take a walk, watch creation, read, have a nap, all in the mindful presence of a good God with a thankful heart. So a few other things about this passage in Exodus 20, which is going to lead us on to our second theme. Who is the Sabbath? Did you catch that? Everyone. Everyone. Not just the men, not just the rich, not just the insiders. Everybody rests. All people, all ages, all economic standings, even the livestock get a rest. So here's the last thing that we consider, but I'm going to have you go back to your groups, okay? And I want you to chat about this time. You don't have to make a list, notes if you want. What would happen in society if all commerce stopped 24 hours once a week? No online ordering, no delivery, no shops open, no restaurants, no office work, no buying, no selling, and go crazy, no internet. Okay? Go ahead. In your groups, what would that look like? What would come from that? Go. Okay. We're going to do roving mic. What were some things that you thought of in your groups as you considered what would society look like? It would be quiet. We thought there'd be carnage for a time. <laughs> carnage, yeah. Fair, fair enough. The phone network would stop working if the internet was off. Okay, yeah, that might be hmm? different. Different? Yeah. It's a thing? It's a thing? A bit like the first lockdown. That's what it would look like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. First, first best down, yeah, first lockdown, best lockdown. <laughs> Anything else? We said might actually get us to appreciate what we have. Just going to say, can anyone remember when the, the shops used to be closed on Sundays? All together, just closed, full stop. Anything else that you came up with that you're burning desire? Well, it's an interesting question to think about, and we're going to look at it a little bit more. Aaron's going to read for us. Our third passage, which is from Deuteronomy 5, okay? Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Great, thank you. So the, 
the people of Israel are on the edge of the Jordan River. They're getting ready to go into the Promised Land. It's the end of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And Moses gives the people the Ten Commandments a second time. Interestingly, there's a different why keep the Sabbath command. Did you catch that? The Sabbath command in this passage, the why is different for this new generation of God's people who are growing up in freedom. So these are folks that were not slaves in Egypt under that economic system where Pharaoh continued to want more and more and more. God says to them, however, remember when your people were slaves in Egypt and God brought you out with his mighty hand. That's why I'm commanding you to Sabbath. Now, interestingly, Moses says over and over to the people of Israel, remember, remember you were slaves. Remember what Pharaoh did to you. Uh, remember that it's um, God who gave you manna and water. They didn't work for the promised land. It was a gift. They walked into it. Well, not quite that simple, but they, they were given this fertile agricultural land, remember? Flowing, milk and honey, grapes as big as a house. But um, it will be a huge challenge for the people of Israel to remember that it is God and not the land and not their subsequent work in it who gives them security and provision. Walter Brueggemann, uh, which is a book we're gonna give away, and others, they think about this second theological um, thread within Sabbath as resistance, and it's the idea of freedom. And it's a theme that runs throughout scripture alongside Sabbath rest and completion. This um, release from slavery, freedom from sin, freedom from death. The promise of God to release the captives, free the prisoner, ultimate freedom that comes in salvation that we see in Jesus. So, so Brueggemann and other authors discuss Sabbath as a way to live in that freedom. It's an opportunity to break slavery, to resist the cultural influences. Like think of what we looked at, we thought about just, just for a minute of what society would look like if everything stopped and you rested. So it resists that desire to have more and more and more that you have to keep up financially on social media, on the job ladder. It's a way to resist the voices that say to you, it all depends on you. You are the one who provides what you need, so get busy. Again, Brueggemann speaks about Egypt as alive and well in the culture of wanting more and more and more of everything, more stuff, more experiences, more travel, more streaming, more food, drink, apps, so on and so forth. He says, we build empire on oppression of the poor, out of sight and mind, however, overseas where cheap stuff is built. Now, the things that I just discussed, uh, listed there, can be good things and gifts from God. 
but the spirit of slavery in Egypt can be alive and well when we look to anything that takes the place of God. Sabbath is participating or can be a way to participate in a small, scheduled social justice. Sabbath, our small stopping, is a way to push back the relentless consumerism of needing more and of being dissatisfied because it is a day when I can say, I am content and lack nothing. I can be thankful for what I have. So Sabbath resistance helps us to maintain a distinct identity as the people of God. Skip forward. Sabbath as resistance to anxiety. God created and then he rested, he stopped. God is not anxious about creation working or about creation being good, so we can rest as our creator did. God demonstrates that um, the well-being of creation is not dependent on endless work, even his. So God made a system of rest, but we tend to make systems of anxiety. Um, but we're in, made in the image of our creator, and our God does not need us to relentlessly work to get ahead. We have work, good and purposeful work, and we have rest. Jesus invites his followers out of the anxiety system, doesn't he? He says in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll wear. Creation works. The creator father is going to see to your needs, he says. And it, again, it's not that we sit around and we just hope an income and a house and a job just falls in our lap. It's not that. But it's recognition that who we really depend on is God. That's who we really look to for provision. We start there and we work from that place. So, okay, what now? We're coming into land. Sabbath is largely forgotten in our modern day um, and certainly in the modern church because many of us have the understanding and the impression that back in Bible times, well, they got a bit legalistic about it, didn't they? Um, and Aaron grew up with grandparents uh, that had opinions on what could be done on the Sabbath. One of those was that you couldn't play cards. He got caught one time at his grandparents. Any day, oh, any day, okay, so it wasn't just Sunday. I think playing cards on the Sabbath might be a great activity. So we don't wanna be that legalistic people, right? That's not what we're going for. Um, but I think Instead, we've forgotten Sabbath as a gift from God, an opportunity. So I think the question for us is not, do we have to observe the Sabbath, but what we miss by not taking that gift. John Mark Comer says, God commands Sabbath. It's like being commanded to eat pudding or make music or spend a day at the beach. Why would we not totally want that? And for me, Sabbath is something I've learned about a little bit ago, but I haven't fully engaged with, and it's a practice I want to grow in. And I think for all of us, we'll have different challenges with it. Some of us might find it challenging simply to slow down and rest. Some of us, maybe more like me, might 
need to think more about how do we fill intentionally a time that is mindful and full of delight. Others might have a, time, a hard time not being connected to the society's values and the things that swirl around us and instead connecting with God. But part of the idea of observing, of observing Sabbath is that it's that one day in which we practice a vision of a restful, satisfied life that plays out and spills into the other six days. So it's more than a, a day, it's a way of being. It's a spirit of restfulness, of living with ease and gratitude, appreciation and prayer, and working from rest with nothing to prove. So I gave you a sheet, and on it, there, um, in the middle column, Sabbath starters. I'm going to uh, just say, those are some ideas. It's, it's going to be something that you try. Start somewhere. Start anywhere. Pick a time frame. Maybe have, do it with a little group. Turn off your phone. Ask the Spirit. Be intentional about putting yourself in God's presence. Rest and worship and think broadly. What's your best day or four-hour period of time or six hours? Whatever you choose to start with. It's going to take a bit of practice and expect some resistance. We have an enemy who would really rather we not rest. It's going to take some time and a bit of planning, but mainly I think it takes a willingness to try and meet God in the process. So Sabbath is drinking deeply from the well of ordinary life with God. It's not bells and whistles. It can be very simple. A meal you like, an activity you enjoy, some friends, some time to worship and reflect, a really good night's sleep, but mindfully in the presence of God. So Sabbath is a gift I hope that we can explore. On your page here, there's resources. I really encourage you to do some of that. Um, I have three copies of Sabbath as Resistance. This is the book that, that looks more um, at the idea of social justice and Sabbath as resist, resisting the influence of culture. Um, many of you might, might have this book already, but it has a chunk on Sabbath and it's a very practical, great place to start. This is a book I got and never got to. But so it's completely unmarked, has none of my scribblings in it. And it is a book, the whole book on Sabbath, all the different kind of aspects of facets of Sabbath, if you really want to look at it, it's great. Okay? So we are going to um, stop for a minute and pray and ask the Spirit to speak to us with two questions. Questions you asked last week. How might your life look different if you Sabbathed? And what is holding you back from that? So I'd like you just to ask those questions before the Lord.
and ask him to speak. Spirit, speak to us as we put our lives before you and then we think about the gift that you've given us in Sabbath. Come, Holy Spirit. 